Welcome to the Paragold Podcast. This is Jared Pitney, and today I'm joined by Wes and Sydney Watts. Wes and Sydney, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having us. Happy to be here. So, Allison Heston, the CEO of the Chamber of Commerce, reached out to me, I guess it was, uh, I don't know, several weeks ago, and was like, you've got to have Wes and Sydney Watts on here. I think it's actually the maybe the only time she has personally recommended somebody. So that should mean something to y'all, by the way, that she's like, these people really represent Paragol well. So don't blow it, right? right? No pressure. <laughs> Pressure's off. Exactly. Um, you know, sometimes when people come on here, I know a little bit about their story. Sometimes I don't. In your case, I don't know much of your story. I know that you're not from Paragold, is that correct? Both of y'all are from, so you're from Rector, is yes, that right, Sydney? I'm from Rector. Jonesboro. And you're from Jonesboro, and now here y'all are right in the middle of Paragold, right? And so I'm curious, tell me a little bit about your story and kind of how you ended up here. Whoever wants to go first. I'll go first, I guess. So, like you said, it's a great place because it's halfway between where we're both from. Um, you know, Wes and I both are are very family oriented. So that definitely was a big draw, um, as far as our move here. Um, and you are correct. I'm originally from Rector, um, grew up on my family's cotton farm there and really? was there my whole life. You grew um, up on a farm? I did on a gravel road in the middle of, in the little cotton farmer. Yes. Man, um, there's a lot of cotton over in that area. Yeah. It's real sandy and good for that. Um, I feel like kind of down here, and when you cross the ridge, you know, you get into more of uh, the gumbo dirt, as my dad would call it, <laughs> um, and, you know, more soybeans and rice. But um, How did you like growing up on a farm? Um, I think, well, I guess when you're growing up, you don't know any better. But it definitely shaped who I am a lot and how I view things and my values, especially, you know, like values of hard work, um, you know, things – small things, taking them for granted, whether that's, you know, um, getting a shower, a rain shower when you really need it, or, mm. you know, learning to appreciate in, uh, nature and, and, you know, God's work in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I loved it. Um, but grew up there my whole life and loved it so much I decided to study it in school. So really? I went to Fayetteville. Studied agriculture? Mm-hmm. I went to Fayetteville and I studied agriculture. And I got my undergrad degree in that. And what did you think you were going to do when you were at Arkansas? Like, you got that degree. What was your plan? So, do you want the long answer or the short answer? I um, want whatever answer you want to give me. Sure. So, okay. Growing up, like I said, grew up on a farm. Mm-hmm. Um, what some people don't know about me is that my grandpa was also in the Arkansas legislature um, when I was a little kid in the late 90s and early 2000s. So that kind of, I spent a ton of time with my grandparents growing up, and that shaped a lot as far as my interest, um, you know, not only being about agriculture, but also in policy. Um, I hmm. did. I wasn't one of those kids who, like, came out of the womb saying I wanted to be a lawyer, um, <laughs> like some people I know. Um, <laughs> I'm pointing at yeah. my husband. But um, anyway, I always was interested in the policy aspect of um things because of my grandpa um but I also was interested in agriculture as far as like a practical course of study so I went to Fayetteville not really knowing exactly what I was going to do with that but knowing that there was something that I could do with it once I you know got it out of the way um when I was I guess like a junior in college I took an elective called covering the courts and it was an intercession class covering the courts yes okay um and it was a journalism class. Okay. So I was like in a different department. I'm like, I like the ag department. They're real laid back. They're not. You oh, know, yeah. I've 
was used to that, but I was like, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone and do something different um, for an elective. And this course was an intercession course, which means that it was like a three-week-long course. And part of it, two weeks of it, were in actually in D.C. And so mm-hmm. we spent a week studying courtroom reporting, and then for the next two weeks we went to D.C. And we actually got to go hear arguments at the United States Supreme Court, and we actually got to have a question-and-answer session with the late Justice Scalia, hmm. like very soon before he passed away. Wow. Um, and that just kind of like tied it all together for me. And I was like, I feel like this is kind of like the world I want to be in as far as, you know. Like the agriculture and law? Sure. But <laughs> I guess in law school, my undergraduate degree helped me as far as like critical thinking and worldview um, but not maybe directly a direct course of study, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, went to law school, um, and I decided that I wanted to, you know, somehow bring agriculture into my practice in some way. Um, you know, there's a, a shortage of, of rural lawyers, um, hmm. and I think that, um, you know, farmers, they are like nobody else. They, they also run into legal issues. Um, and so they need representation and someone who has a practical background in, in what's going on to be able to explain them totally in terms of, um, you know, what they're facing or, or what their issue is. And so because I'm ignorant on the issue, what kind of legal issues do farmers face like a, on, on average? Like what's like the more regular or reoccurring issues that's going to pop up? Sure. So it can literally branch out into probably. I mean, if you wanted to count the different areas of law that it could branch out into, I mean, it'd be numerous. But, I mean, it could be anything from, you know, crop insurance issues yeah. to, um, you know, USDA farm payments. Um, it could be as simple as explaining, a you know, a land contract or a lease, um, something with uh, renewable energy, anything like that. So taxation, yeah. you name it. They, okay, they got so the there's quite a bit. All right. Yeah. That's excellent. And so you then graduate what year from U of A? I graduated undergrad in 2017, and I graduated law school in 2020. In 2020. Okay. Did y'all meet before law school or in law school? No, we met in law school. Met in law school. So tell me your story, how you got to law school. <clears throat> so I went uh, to Jonesboro High School, class of 2012, 10-year reunion this year. Oh, um, congrats. Thank you. Um, and <laughs> I then, just had my 20th reunion, by the way. Well, so, there you go. Okay. Something to... To celebrate. Um, we don't know if we're going to be able to go to mine or not. We have a wedding just about every weekend <laughs> for the rest of the year that we need to go In to. In that season of life. Season of oh, life. yeah. Um, after high school, went to ASU, um, got a degree in economics and a minor in political science. Graduated um, a year before her in 2016 from ASU. Uh, went to University of Arkansas for law school where we met uh, and graduated in 2019. Okay, excellent. And so when you graduated from ASU, you knew that you wanted to pursue law school. I knew that I wanted to be a lawyer in about sixth grade, probably. Really? So, so what, why? Like, how did that come about? Is your, you have like a family member who was a lawyer or what? Well, I have Watch a, a movie and you're like, that's cool. I have an uncle who's a lawyer, but I don't really think that was why. I think I always gravitated towards government and history classes and things like that and and also kind of gravitated away from science and math so I was trying to figure <laughs> out a way to make a good living um, without having 
to look at numbers or uh, science or anything like that. And I always did well in those classes in, um, you know, history and civics and government. So I thought law school would make sense. I think it's the only thing I've ever wanted to be besides the first baseman for the Cardinals. Right on. Hey, come on, dude. That did not work out. (laughs) So you grew up a Cardinals fan. Oh, yeah. Top, uh, Top five favorite Cardinals. You got starting with number five, if you can do that. Okay, um, number five probably Scott Rowland. Good All one. right, good job. Good third one. base, good job. Great third baseman. Yeah. Number four, um, I would say probably Yachty. Yeah. Right. yeah. Number yeah. four. Right. Yeah. He's got to um, be up there. Number. So we got a third baseman and a catcher so far. Yeah. Keep it in the infield. Number three, I would go uh, Bob Gibson. Whoa. Oh, reaching back. Man, you remember watching Bob Gibson when you were young, don't you? <laughs> Hell yeah, for sure. <laughs> My wow. dad tells stories of watching Bob Gibson and how he was just the intimidator and wow. he'd back you off he the plate. Mean. Yeah, he, he was, was the main, yeah. <laughs> the meanest cardinal people yeah. love talking he about. He would it. hit you with the bases loaded. He'd give a run up. He, would, he wouldn't be worth it. That's how I try to live my life. I'll uh, hit you with the bases absolutely. loaded. That's it. He was aggressive for sure. I would, all, okay. I would probably go Pujols and um, Stan the Man. Stan, Stan the Man. Oh, yeah. Okay, no Ozzy Smith in your list. No, oh. those backflips didn't do anything for you. No, I've, I'm a big guy. What about those eleven gold gloves? They didn't do anything relate. for you. Do you still watch no. the Cardinals? I do. Yeah. How good of a story is it that Albert Pujols was brought back to the Cardinals? I told someone. I said he could strike out every at bat. I don't care. Yeah. Something I, about seeing him, you know, do his his normal, you know, stance that we're used to, you know, tapping the plate, getting in the batter's box. Yeah, like you said, he can oh, strike out man. every time. It's it's like home turning back the clock. It's like yeah. turning back the clock. I went and watched uh, the uh, the Cardinals play the Dodgers last year at home whenever he played for the Dodgers, and he didn't start, and he came in to, uh, to pinch hit and um, got a standing ovation uh, when he came to the plate. Standing they ovation. And then the pitcher for the Cardinals, I can't remember who it was, accidentally walked him. It wasn't an intentional walk. Accidentally walked him. And the crowd booed. <laughs> they were so <laughs> mad at their own pitcher for walking through from the opposing team. So, all right, Cardinals fan, grew up loving the Cardinals, and grew up wanting to be a lawyer. And then you became a lawyer, which is pretty incredible, by the way, because I don't know if I know of anybody else who was like, I knew what I wanted to do in sixth grade, and then I became that very thing. So congratulations, Thank man. Thank you. What's different about being a lawyer actually like because now you're a lawyer like what's actually different about it um in your eyes as like you look back as being a sixth grader and thinking about what it meant to be a lawyer but now you know what it is right you know i guess in sixth grade seventh grade when you're young you think you know you're in courts you know i object you know you're it's a drama you think it's a lot more of a drama that's (laughs) partly because of movies and tv shows and things like that um i guess when i was younger i didn't i didn't realize the all the different things that lawyers can be used for i thought it was you know someone suing me Mm -hmm. so i need a lawyer and there were lawyers that sued people and lawyers that defended people being sued that's what i thought and then you know when you get older and especially in law school you realize that people need lawyers for everything so which is good if you're a lawyer so yeah like what are some of the things that people need lawyers for that we wouldn't even maybe as a common person just think of Sure. Well, in a lot of states, uh, in, in Missouri, for example, you do not need a lawyer 
to evict someone. But in Arkansas, most of the time you do. So if you're a, t- a landlord and you want someone out, you need a lawyer to to go through that process. I did not know time. that. Yes, especially if they're resisting. If they're resistant at first, then then you need a lawyer. Um, a lot of people that you know want to start a business, um, they'll have a lawyer drop the paperwork. Um, I think back in the day, uh, some people might have, you know, especially in rural areas, probably just wrote something down on a piece of paper or a handshake did the trick. But nowadays, um, you know, you get a lawyer to do that. Why has uh, that changed, by the way, from the handshake to the lawyer? Well, the law has, you know, formed over the years. You know, there are thousands of Supreme Court and Arkansas Supreme Court and Court of Appeals and local court decisions basically telling us what a contract is and what's enforceable. And uh, there's a thing called the Statute of Frauds that was created, and it pretty much says it mandates that certain certain deals have to be written down and have to have, you know, terms specific terms is that because somewhere somewhere along the way somebody gets like messed up because something bad happens and they have to like create this other law to keep it from happening to somebody else is that kind of essentially it essentially yeah okay i must probably a very simple way of explaining to my mind that's a good way okay all right sometimes because they're there to protect us right right somewhere along the way somebody got burnt because that law wasn't there right absolutely no and it's funny when you're in law school and you know you're working on a answer to a a question the teacher has given you sometimes you can just think in your head something very common sense as to what the answer should be and then you spend 30 minutes figuring out what the answer is and then it turns out it was essentially what the common sense answer is you know it's well this is why it should be this because obviously you know because of x or y and then Mm -hmm. that's the answer so there's not a a hidden you know legal tool that you can whip out and you know fool the uh the jury or something aha i I win this case that's usually not the case it's usually pretty black and white okay right on so tell me how y'all met uh i'm gonna let her do this part yeah right on you can enjoy your water tell us so y'all didn't meet to a law school correct correct and actually we have a ton of we realized later we had a ton of mutual friends and we actually aren't sure how we didn't meet prior to that. But, no, we met actually for the first time at the um, Student Bar Association auction. Um, that sounds like fun. Yeah, I was an, I'm, I refuse to do it on the podcast because I haven't done it. Can yet. you do it? Was the auctioneer going about a mile a minute? She taking, was. Taking bids? Look at she that. Was. <laughs> but I did not. It's like a, a party trick that I used to do. I cannot do it right now even if you ask me to do it. Okay. but I won't ask you. Okay. Um, Anyway, I was one but of I the, really want to. I, yeah. <laughs> I do too. Hey, no, no, no. Um, but I was one of the auctioneers, and Wes was on the committee that planned it, and so we had to like go Man. beforehand, like set up or whatever. And the biggest guy in the room walked up and was like, "Hey, I'm Wes Watts. So I don't think we've met yet." And that was literally how we met. Well, then we had another function. Probably did you know at that point you're like, "I'm interested in her." Yes. Okay. All right. Just. Yeah. <laughs> and we had you had an agenda. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we had another function a couple weeks later, and um, he introduced himself again to me. So you did? I, so like I, the exact same way? Like, did you say, we haven't met? I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> so, what a lawyer. That's awesome. But, In case you don't remember me. Mm-hmm. But anyway, no, I'm giving him a hard time. Um, he probably did remember me. I'm going to... Oh, I bet you he did. I bet he did. I'm sure he did. But he might have froze when he got up there. It's a little easier probably to stand in front of a jury than it was a girl that you're interested in. 
But yeah. And so then we went to lunch and we just started dating. Really? Okay. And that was when? What year? So that was in my second year. Of, wait, no. 2018. That was my first 2018, year. 2018. And then y'all got married how? We got married in December of 2020. Okay. And when did y'all move to Paragold? So I graduated before her um, and I went to Little Rock and practiced at a law firm in Little Rock. And I was doing pretty much exclusively nursing home litigation. Um, I was representing clients that were residents of nursing homes or family members of residents of nursing homes um, that had been, you know, hurt or killed or abused or, you know, wrongful death. Wow, how did you get into that? I actually had a uh, family, I had a family member who married um, someone who had a relative that owned the firm. So we, me and my boss, our cousins married. Okay. So I got to, I kind of got in that way and was introduced and reached out to him while I was in law school and went and clerked there during the summers. Um, or during one summer, I went down to Little Rock and clerked there. And then after law school, I got a job there. And I did that for about 18 months um, while she was finishing up. Um, and then she graduated and got a job at a really good firm in Little Rock. Uh, and we were there for, what, six months? Around there. And then we uh, both started to realize that we were pretty a little too far away from our families. Mm. Um, you know, probably not necessarily as excited as possible to go to work every day. So we started looking at some ways to get closer to home. Okay. And how did you eventually get back here? Well, I um, sent emails, just cold call emails um, out to a lot of places uh, in Jonesboro, in Paragould, um, in the you know surrounding, I think I sent some to Memphis. Um, we just wanted to get a little closer to home. Um, the firm that I'm at now, Branch, Thompson, Wormuth, Dale, and Butler, um, they emailed me back. Soon said, to be Watts. Hopefully, yeah, that's the dream, there right? We, um, we we met. They sent me an email back. They said, we're thinking about hiring somebody. Um, so we started a conversation. It was actually probably four months or so of talking to them before we um, figured out that I was going to get Four to months? Work there. Like back and forth, like just trying to figure out if you're the right fit? Just timing and, and everything, um, getting everything worked out and uh, availability, um, things like that. But we got it. I actually went and interviewed with them. They asked me, um, they sent me an email and asked me when I would be in Northeast Arkansas, you know, next so they could meet with me. And um, I went and met with them in December of 2020. And they said, oh, what are you doing in town? I said, I'm getting married tomorrow. So they wow. were, they were uh, I think, a little um, taken aback that, that I was meeting with them, you know, the day before our mm-hmm. wedding. But that is, Let you know, know. how serious you were. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I actually did not uh, move here. We didn't move here until April. So it was a little, we had our one-year paragold anniversary or whatever you call it, um, last month. So. Well, happy anniversary. Yeah. Thank you. Um, what, is there a lot of competition, like when you're going to interview to like, you know, for a place as a lawyer? Like, I don't even know. Like, you know, like some fields are flooded. I wouldn't think being a lawyer is one of them, but is it? It's like a lot of people out there looking, a lot of lawyers that are so competing for just, jobs. It just kind of depends on what type of law you're wanting to practice, okay. I think. I mean, in West, you can you can say I'm wrong if, if I'm wrong, you think. But there are certain jobs um, 
what people, small town lawyers would call tall building lawyers. Um, you know, they're, they're primarily corporate or, you know, civil defense lawyers, um, that sort of thing. And they, um, I would assume, and based on experience, are a little more selective about the credentials of the people they hire as far as um, wanting a specific package. I mean, I guess it's just like any other type of law firm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, some, some firms probably want to see um, a different skill set. So um, one of those tall building firms might want to see someone who has a little bit more experience in like academia or someone who's been like published or was on a law journal or something of that nature. Now, I will also say that those firms to some extent are not litigators and they're not necessarily going to court, you know, every Tuesday for Chambers Day Mm -hmm. or doing, um, you know, divorces or a hodgepodge of uh, Mm -hmm. things like that. And so I think that's probably why they're looking for that skill set. In my opinion, um, the better lawyers are more Mm. well-rounded. Like, for instance, Wes was talking about how he did, like, exclusively nursing homework. Mm -hmm. Um. I was doing exclusively insurance litigation defense, um, and it was just one set of skills, um, you know, and and once you figure out kind of your role in it and what the lawyer's role in the process is, it becomes fairly repetitious, and if you figured out the formula, you know, you know what to do. Mm -hmm. Well, compared to what we do now, um, and I like, you know, I love the small town lawyer life because you have the opportunity to take on so many different areas of law Mm. and so many different types of cases, um, maybe that you wouldn't get exposure to in a different kind of firm or Mm. different place. So he gets the job at Thompson Branch Warm Branch Thompson Warm and Butler PLLC. I I pass it every day. Great job, man. For PA, I can't remember. And then you started working like right after that. Did you get a job around? Okay. Um, so we moved in, in April, mid-April, and, you know, I kind of worked on getting us situated and for Wes to acclimate to his new role and um, started looking for myself because, I mean, it was like he said, I, our number one priority was to get closer to home. Mm-hmm. Whatever route we had to take mm-hmm. to get there, we just did it, and I was like, we'll just go for it now because this is like the right opportunity that's been placed in front of us, and I'll figure it out later. Yeah. Um, and so I looked around and then um, was approached by um, King Benson, and he and I started meeting and, you know, just kind of discussed um, potentially me coming on to work with him, and um, that was, I guess, probably the next month, and so then I started working after that um, with King there at his office. Excellent. I um, would love to hear from you. What have you enjoyed about Paragold? Like, as those from the outside coming in? Well... For me, I was pretty oblivious to the town of Paragould. I, you know, people from Jonesboro never seem to want to. Y'all kind of look down on Paragould people, I feel like. Or I shouldn't say y'all, but I feel like Jonesboro does. I think there's. Is that my own opinion? I mean, is that that my own? There's probably some truth to that for some people. Um, But just growing up in Jonesboro, you know, there's, there's really not not anything you would need to, to go to Paragould. It's, there's no necessities up here. Fair enough. Um, you know, I guess for some people, sure. right across the county line, there probably are some necessities. <laughs> but, um, I was about to say, I know one thing. <laughs> so I didn't really know anything about, you know, the only time I'd ever been to Paragould, I uh, was to play baseball, you know, at uh, Bland, H. Francis Bland Park. Yeah, um, right on. 
would play baseball there, and and that was the only thing that I knew about. I knew they had a baseball park. And timeout. This is uh, I just thought of something. I mean, this isn't like a real timeout. Like a like we'll stop the recording. Oh. Are you Ken and Murray Watts? Nope. Shoot, Boy. I uh, I got some really baseball blood there. Saying. Murray Watts used to be a member of our church. And really? So, yeah, we're still yeah we talk probably weekly. And so, matter of fact, he might listen to this podcast. So he we know each other, and he would think it was funny that you asked me because he's been asked a lot if I was his little brother. Um, I tell. Oh. You know, I'm six six. He's a little taller than me. Yeah, um, and y'all both play baseball, and you play both first play base. Baseball. I, I was a pitcher, played a little first, little okay. outfield. I I was going to pitch in college if I if I, play, I had some opportunities to play in college. Okay. as a pitcher. Okay, Murray was a you know dominant hitter. Yeah, so that's where we were. Much like myself, <laughs> we were, I, bet, I bet. I mean, I could see it. Yeah. Well. So my mom, um, you know, at, at uh, all-star tournaments growing up, she would get two questions. She would get, is this Murray's little brother? <laughs> and is your son really 12 years old? Where's his birth certificate? <laughs> so I've been... Uh, As you're blowing fastballs by. <laughs> yeah, I've been dealing with that question for a long time. Okay, so, um, but you would come here to play baseball. I'm sorry I sidetracked you, but no, other than that, fine. you didn't really know Paragold. Didn't really know other, other than Paragold playing at all. Okay. At all. Um, and then, you know, her being from Rector, Sydney being from Rector, she would come to Paragold for, for certain, probably Walmart, things like yeah, that. Yeah, that's coming to town, right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I you mean Walmarts. Well, yeah. Walmarts. Two of them. <laughs> Big deal. Okay, but um, side note, I'm, and I'll let you finish. I'm going to pull a Kanye. I'll let you finish. I did not realize till we moved here that there was, I mean, I knew there were two Walmarts, but people literally call it Big Walmart and then Neighborhood Market. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Right yeah, on. Walmart, but anyway, go ahead. Well, we... Um, when I got that email from uh, Branch Thompson, Warmthdale Butler, we, I'm just going to call it Branch Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're not. You're not going to do that to those other, other names. Um, when I got that email, I said, hey, Sydney, what do you think about Paragold? You know, I don't, I don't know anything really about it. And mm-hmm. she was, you know, pretty amped up about it. You know, I think that'd be great. That's, you know, great town. And I just kind of took her word for it. And I'm very glad that we did move here. So, Excellent. What a, has anything surprised you about Paragold? Like, or is it pretty much like exactly what you thought it'd be? Oh, no. It's so much better. Okay. Um, In what way? So, like Wes said, I grew up coming here to eat or to go to Walmart. Yeah. Um, Going over to Grecian. Grabbing uh, right. <laughs> um, so, grew up coming here. I can, I think that most people can agree, like, visiting somewhere is not anything like, living somewhere. Um, and I think that I was not anticipating the high quality of life that's available in Paragould, mm-hmm. um, that maybe that you just see from the outside looking in. I think that probably that high quality of life probably comes a lot, to avoid sounding cliche, from the, the people in the town. Um, and, you know, the way that there's such a strong sense of community here that you don't really get a lot of other places. And I've Mm. lived, so I've lived in Rector, I've lived in Fayetteville and Little Rock. Um, And I think that... It feels different here? Yes. I will, okay, I might be the first and only person to ever say this, but Paragould, with some of its new developments and and things like the 8 Mile Creek Trail and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing, starting is starting to remind me a little bit of Fayetteville less funky mind you sure but it reminds me a little bit of that in that there's lots of different ways to 
improve your quality of life here, if that makes sense. Yeah. So if you've got a specific interest, odds are that Paragould probably has it. If you like to do things outside, Paragould's good for that too. Um, if you are very community service oriented, there's plenty of that to do here also. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's great. I think it's close proximity to anything that you would that you would ever want or need because you can go to you know Memphis or Nashville or St. Louis. But we were talking about this the other day, and we don't really leave town that much. I mean, I thought we might have to you know make quite a few trips to to Jonesboro to do, mm-hmm. um, you know, to get certain things, but mm-hmm. um, we don't find ourselves navigating out here too much. Yeah, well, that's a good thing. You know, and I know that obviously the leadership's goal, Josh, uh, I mean, Allison, all of them, they want to bring in young professionals. They want people, they want to create a city or help cultivate a city that, you know, folks like you, you move off and then you want to come back. And so I think you're a great example of, uh, yeah, people who are doing exactly what I know the leadership wants to do. You know, and I think um, to me, that's encouraging to hear that because I grew up here. I was born and raised Mm -hmm. and I moved off. I was like, I'm never going back kind of thing. And then it brought me back in. And I have I I can honestly say that I I truly am proud of Paragould now. Mm -hmm. I couldn't have said that at one point in my life. But now I'm like, I don't feel embarrassed to be like, I'm just in a little backwoods, Paragould, Arkansas (laughs) kind of thing. And so uh, but to hear someone from the outside come in and also brag on it uh, gives me a lot of pride. Makes me glad to hear that. Mm -hmm. Anything you'd add to that? Just to add, yeah, a little bit. and I'll preface this with saying, we got a crash course in Paragold very early. When we very early when we moved here, we joined Leadership Paragold. Um, Was that good? We oh, we love it. We're not done. We're actually not done with it yet. Okay, we have a, a couple more. I've not done it every year. Someone reaches out to me and says you need to do this. I was texting with Josh or actually AG year, and I was like, I lived my whole life, man. It's like it doesn't matter. Like you will benefit from it. It's it's fantastic, and you know every every week is themed on on something, whether it be uh, the schools or you know the uh, businesses in town or you know like the industrial part side of Paragould, uh, law enforcement and the police and things like that. So you get a little snippet, and you start to build this um, you know kind of three D image in your head of exactly what Paragould is and what it's about, and you get to meet all the people that are leaders in each of these tiny little segments of Paragold and, and you can start to see that full picture. And, um, we, you know, we did that. Um, we got to meet Allison through leadership Paragold and, um, you know, we uh, got to hear the history of Paragold from Bob branch, the <laughs> living legend. And, um, he started the law firm that I'm at, hmm. um, you know, a long time ago. And, um, you know, he's a treat. And, and after you speak to him and after you, go through leadership Paragold and meet all these people. Um, and then, you know, we joined a church and we joined the country club mm-hmm. and we are, you know, doing what we can to get embedded and to, to participate and to, you know, start to do what we can to, to help make uh, Paragold better. So Excellent. we're all about yeah. it. We're right fired on. up. Well, I'm so, glad y'all are <laughs> here. I'd love to end our time with some rapid fire questions. So y'all cool with that? You know anything about rapid fire questions? They're really hard. Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. All right. We'll start with uh, U.S. and then we'll uh, move over to you, Sydney. And the next time we'll start with you, Sydney, and then go to Wes. How's that sound good? Sounds good. Sound fair? All right. Ready? Here we go. Uh, What is the last show you watched or book you read? Just one of them? Either one. You get to pick. Okay. The last show I watched is called We Own This City. It's on HBO. It's the guy who. Did the wire? Um, oh, David yeah. Simon. 
and it's about corrupt cops in Baltimore. And the finale was Sunday, and it's really, really good. Hmm. I feel like the last few people we've had on here have referenced shows on HBO that I don't have, hmm. and now I want to get it. There was another one on HBO recently someone mentioned, and I don't remember what it is, but this was be really good. What, what would you say? Last show you watched or book you read? Hmm. Okay, I just finished a book yesterday. It's called... Five Decembers, and it's by, I think this it's this guy's first book. His name is, like, James Crestle. It's embarrassing that I don't even know the name of the author. Um, but it is a um, World War II fiction book, murder mystery type deal. Wow. It was really good. Ten out of ten recommend. Oh, wow. Okay. On a first book, good job. Okay. Whoever you are. I'm always <laughs> looking for a good book. <laughs> favorite band or favorite song? Right now, I would say, or you could say favorite for purposes of a band that creates music for like all occasions or like all moods. Probably the Eagles. Wow, what a popular choice! Coming back, Uh, I've tried listening and I can't get into them. All right, he's going to want to know your favorite Eagles song. Tell me, because maybe it'll be the one. (laughs) Okay, well. I don't have. Okay, so many. they're all good. They're That's all what everybody's. They're all good. all good. No, they're not. But I'll tell I've you. Listened. I will tell you one that might change your mind. Okay. So, the first lawyer I ever worked for, his name's Jerry Loveless, and he's from Rector, but he practices in Springdale. Um, and he, I clerked at his law firm when I was in law school. And one day he pulled up outside, and we would go eat lunch all the time at this place called Sue's Diner. And he rolled up in his new vehicle, and he said, get in, we're taking our first bin. And he's like, you like the Eagles? I was like, well, heck yeah, I like the Eagles. And he put on Those Shoes, the song Those, Those Shoes, Shoes, and cranked up the bass in his what? vehicle, and we rode to Sue's Diner in style. Come on. That may change your mind on the Eagles. Do I need bass? Well, that amplifies the experience. Okay. Oh, there you go. All right. Actually, when I think of the Eagles, I certainly don't think of bass. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's not what I would (laughs) test my bass with, but I'm going to listen to it, and I'm going to turn the bass to six. There you go. (laughs) It's on on negative one right now in my truck. True story. It's hard to listen to podcasts with uh, the bass up. (laughs) That's That's awesome. All right. Favorite band or favorite song right now, Wes? Oh, you know, I don't know. I uh, I don't really listen to music as much as she does. Um, I was gonna say the Eagles, but now that's fine. Yeah. I hey, there's no condemnation yeah. here. We did not. I was gonna say the Eagles. My dad was obsessed with the, still is obsessed with the Eagles. Seriously, man, that's you guys are meant to be. That's fantastic. Law, the Eagles, Cardinals fan. Are you a Cardinals fan? Yes, but don't ask me any questions about it because I'm not, not well versed in it as he is. I won't do it. I give Matt Jackson a hard time as a guy that he knows because several years ago he said uh, that Jim Edmonds was his favorite Cardinal. Hey, said, what's wrong with Jim Edmonds? Oh, no, current. Oh, current. I was like, dude, he's been retired for like three years. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you don't, you're not a Cardinals fan. There was a guy. So, uh, well, you would know the guy, but there's a guy that um, we both know, and I told him one time because he's a huge Cardinals fan. I told him I was a fan, too. We used to watch literally like every game, but, you know, I just didn't keep up with it like that. He's like, oh, you're a Cardinals fan, huh? Who won the uh, MVP in 1968? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And he was like, you're not a Cardinals fan. I'm uh, like, that's oh. a self-righteous Cardinals fan. That's what I thought. <laughs> that's what I thought. Um, all right, Wes, what is your favorite meal? Favorite meal? Um, probably just a steak with uh, 
some sort of potato and maybe some asparagus or green green beans or something. What cut? What cut of steak? Mm. That's important. Wow. I like the ribeye. Yes. Okay. Okay. Wow. All right. Go ribeye. Big ribeye All fans right. over here. <laughs> uh, excellent. What about you? Favorite meal? Probably my grandma's duck and dressing. Mm. Mm. It's also very good. good. That sounds very good. <laughs> that sounds great. Um, starting with you, Sydney, what is on your nightstand right now? Let's see. A lamp, a candle, and two books my grandma gave me I haven't read yet. Okay. And I bet you don't know the author of those books well, either. I sure don't. <laughs> sure don't. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Is the book good? Yes. It doesn't yeah. matter who wrote it, right? It doesn't matter who wrote it. I, I've got a lot of books that I could say, man, you should Absolutely. totally read this. Who wrote it? Like, I don't know. Uh, what would you say? What's in your not saying right now? I think a lamp and my Kindle, because um, she likes paper. I like the tablet mm-hmm. um, and our our small dog's collar that I took off before bed because so, I'm paranoid and don't want her to choke. So. Ah, what kind of dog do you have? We have two. We have a big one named Teddy and a little one named Delta. Good names. Good dog names. Okay. Um, starting with you, Wes. Give us a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you great joy. Um, wow. An ordinary moment. An ordinary in, moment. Nobody else would look at it, maybe think it's that big of a deal, but to you, it brings you a lot of a lot of joy. Making a six foot putt that everyone makes and should make. I'm a horrible putter. And awesome. whenever I make one, <laughs> yes, is, yeah, you know, the ones that people yeah. walk up to and just casually finish the hole, and uh, those are do you do the fire, knee wobblers for me? I'm I'm wobbling my knees. So. See, man, here's the thing: those guys that are hitting those all the time, they never get joy out of it. There you go. So I the do. fact that you stink, you're happier than they are. You should do the Tiger Woods fist pump every time you make one of those. Excellent, that's a great idea, Robert. What would you say? Ordinary moment for you, Sydney, uh, that brings you great joy. Clean house. Right on. I was going to say when she comes home and sees that I've done the dishes. So. Yes. <laughs> I was literally going to say that. I'm kind of not joking. <laughs> oh, that's I, I'm with you on that. So uh, last question. We'll start with you, Sydney. What is one thing in your life that you're deeply grateful for right now? It's hard to pick one thing because I'm mm-hmm. grateful for a lot of stuff. I'm sure everyone says family. Um, good job. Good family. Yeah. Great husband. Oh. Obviously, you're deeply grateful for your obviously. wife. Obviously. And what else is something you're deeply grateful for right now? I am incredibly grateful for the exact place that we are at right now mm. in, in our lives and where we're at and everything. I'm incredibly grateful for that. So, wouldn't trade it for anything. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that you are here. Glad that you made space to spend time with us on the podcast, and I hope that we get to hang out again. Maybe we can grab some uh, food at Akira soon. Sounds good to me. I'm always there. Right on. Thanks, guys. Thank you for your And there you have it. The Watts. Robert, have you ever, you never met them before either, right? No, no. New to our city and new to me. Yep, same here and really enjoyed spending time with you guys. Uh, Thank you so much, Wes and Sydney, for, again, making space to be here. Uh, Thank you for pouring into our city and thank those of you who are still listening. Yes. We're so glad uh, to have you with us uh, for each episode. This is why we do it is for 
those in Paragould to learn more about the incredible people that are actually living right here in our city. And speaking of that, um, one of the ways that you can help other people find us more quickly and learn about the great people here is by going to iTunes. If you've not already done so, give us a five-star rating there. That doesn't just make us feel better about what we're doing, right, Robert? I mean, that That's literally right. helps people to find us more quickly. You're not just helping us, you're helping others. That's, That's, That's a good way of saying it. <laughs> and so also, if you've not checked us out on our different social media platforms, uh, you might want to do that. We're on Instagram uh, and we're on Facebook and uh, we have an email list you can subscribe to as well. So as always, thanks so much for listening. Until next time.